Welcome back for a brand new episode of Jory Sports Stories. As always, I'm your host, Jory, and today we've got quite the docket. In the NBA, we got Mr. Dame Diva Lillard finally requesting a trade. Free agency has opened up with a bang and more. In the NFL, we have poor offseason behavior, amongst other things. And I give an outlook on the NFC South and more as well. And we head over to the WNBA as we play catch up. We also have a special edition of Jory's Timeout Session. A solid episode for you all, so tune in, turn your volume up, and let's get it. As always, we're starting, well, for right now, as always, we're starting this week's episode off in the NBA, and we're going to discuss Dame Lillard. And the saga of him requesting a trade, we're going to discuss a free free agency. Excuse me, I can't get my words out right now. Free agency, we're going to discuss free agency, some of the moves that that, that have been made. And Houston, we got a problem. But I think we've solved some of those problems. So, without further ado, and without much more to say, let's get into it. First things first, we're going to just name off some of the recent moves that have been made. So the Chicago, the Chicago Bulls and center Nikola Vucevic agreed to a deal in the ballpark of three years, $60 million. He's productive. He averages 17.6 points per game. He rebounds well, and he has availability. Little to no injury history that I know of. One of two Bulls to play on all 82 games. He shot 52% from the field. So, yeah. He's a pretty solid center for what they're trying to do. I believe that the most crippling part of the Bulls roster right now is going to be the point guard position, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, The Clippers will not be guaranteeing Eric Gordon's $21 million deal next season. I think he found another home, but he was also waived on Wednesday night to save $100 million. I mean, but it didn't make sense, but they traded for him in February, sending Luke Kennard and John Wall elsewhere his numbers dipped in the postseason which is why they waived him Torian Prince is set to hit free agency he got swiped up by the Lakers James Harden's best fit is with Philly at the moment like in all honesty I don't unless you put him on the Clippers I don't see anywhere else that might be a viable good fit Houston is too young. Well, they already got their they already answered their some of their solutions in Houston, some of their problems. Like, I don't see a I don't see a real good spot where he could other than Philly and trying to build around what they have with going on with him and Joel, but they might be trying to trade him. I feel like the best spot for James is in Philly. At least to try to get you a ring. You don't get tired of running everywhere, being unhappy everywhere that you are. You don't get tired of that. And eventually, and you're not doing anything at these spots that you're going. 
You're not winning a championship. You're all not in the playoffs. You don't get tired of doing that. You don't want to actually build something with a team in the championship. And the Dame Diva Lillard drama is heating up. Stay or go. Apparently, he decides to go, and that happened after the drum after the draft. Um. Fred Van Vliet is headed to is headed to Houston, who needed a veteran point guard for all those babies that they have. And he's a solid player. He's a solid player. Lakers, they kept their court. They kept their court, their core together. And I'm very happy for that. The Lakers didn't do stupid stuff. They didn't do stupid stuff. Now What's going on in Houston? I believe because most of Houston's players are barely my age. Like, I'm 22. They're around 22, 23 years old. So you're going to have a whole lot of babies who don't know how to effectively run an NBA floor, which is what they have been struggling with, in all honesty. So that's why when they made these moves to go get Fred Van Vliet, to go get Dylan Brooks, to go get a Jeff Green. They're trying to make that locker room more mature. Now, what they should have told Mr. Dylan Brooks is, you come down in Houston and you shut your mouth. We're not dealing with that. We're trying to get that out. Come down here. Be a good, solid 3 and D player. Know your role. Know your spot. Improve and hush. In other NBA news, the new collective bargaining agreement has been agreed upon and signed to. It's good for about seven years. I believe next, I'll try to find some details on that next next week. The Dallas Mavericks pickle, right? Here's my thing with the Mavericks. They signed, they re-signed Kyrie. Some of these older are kind of like old because they re-signed them, but Here's the thing. There's a whole lot of issues going on in the Dallas that we need to figure out. Kyrie and Luka did not go to plan as expected, especially when you sacrificed defense. That was a bad decision. You did go out and get Andre Drummond, which helps bolster pretty much a pretty much non-existent defense. Kyrie did. I mean, Kyrie's resigned, but you still. Man. They don't re like the main problem with the Mavericks is like they don't rebound very well and their half court sets with Luka and Kyrie were picking rolls for most of the time. Dallas needs a center, a quality center, one that can play off the ball and offset both Kyrie and Luka. The issue is is both of them are ball dominant. It's impossible to win consistently. Because there's two ball-dominant people who require the ball in their hands and only one basketball. Uh, you got 20 games of, with both of them playing. You can figure this out. Y'all gave up on playoffs. I don't like that. That was a... I, I mean, I understand why, but, like, why just give up? And then you had a visibly frustrated Luca. So, like, the main problems with Dallas is they're going to have to figure out how to bolster this defense, especially around the rim and around the perimeter, which is probably why they got Andre Drummond. Um, They're going to need to rebound. 
better off the glass. They're going to need to figure out how to keep both of them on the floor. Even though both of them on the, both of them on the floor is a liability. Because they neither one of them play defense. And in the defense that they do play, you look at it like, what is that? Like, before they re-signed Kyrie, they had three, three, three options. And here they were. Re-signed Kyrie, start building that defense up, especially in the paint. Find some balance with Doncic, and Doncic, Luka, and Kyrie. Somebody who doesn't mind facilitating. They could use a Jokic-type player to play center with both Kyrie and um, Luka. A Jokic-type player. I'm not saying we ain't even finna go there, but... They could use a solid center. Option two, let them go and live with the one very questionable trade decision. I knew option two was going to be not the one that they go for because it's stupid because you traded the house to get them. Do this and you'll have a bad defense that might be worse. And And Luka, instead of having a bad defense, it'll be a waste of time and then you'll end up ticking Luca off and he'll leave so I believe they did stick with option one and I'm quite intrigued on seeing how they fix some of these issues especially when it comes to figuring out how to manage the floor with two ball hogs on it especially when it comes down to defense I'm very intrigued about how this is going to go now Mr. Dame Lillard, I know he finally requested out of Portland. I I know. But this whole back and forth between the whole back and forth saga was getting quite aggravating. Like, did you want to be in Portland or not? If you want to stay, quit putting these little sound bites and quotes out. And you know you're doing too much when your agent has to speak up for you because your words and your behavior. Like you're trying to say you're you're not trying to you're trying to say a lot without not saying anything. Well, let me get that right. Let me re let me you're trying to say a lot without really saying a lot, and it's not working in your favor because you're not as slick as you think you are. Damien. Pick a side and stay there. It's shut up. If you stay in Portland, knowing that they won't build a team around you, shut up or a decent one. Keep complaining. You might as well request a trade out, which he did. We don't want to hear you continuous to complain about winning when Portland is the main reason why you haven't won anything. So, like, I know you're not going to stay, but if you can't find a trade partner, shut up. And now you want to go to Miami and and to the Spurs. Now, organizationally, I feel like the Trailblazers should try to get him to Miami. Or should try to get it to San Antonio. But if I'm in the if I'm in the Blazers front office, Portland Trailblazers front office, um I'm looking at all the foolishness he's put. Dame, this is not new to Dame doing this whole back and forth, do I should I stay or should I go type thing. This is not the first go round. He's been doing this for the past three years. Talking about winning championships. The one place you're in the one spot that you're not going to win a championship. Portland is not attractive to any free agents. You had C.J. McCollum. You had a Marcus Aldridge who 
before he made that turn. You've had talent in Portland and y'all haven't done much any with anything. And now you're up there with a whole bunch of young babies. It's a, a young upstart team. And now you don't want to be there. That's fine. But don't keep going back and forth with it because it's like, what do you want to do? Why you're so unhappy because he was unhappy. You're unhappy about what you want to win a championship, but you don't want to leave Portland. You're trying to be loyal, but you don't want to be the bad guy. And you want to win. You got to be the bad guy to win, bro. You got to. Like, it's borderline. It was borderline (sighs) infuriating. Now, and then we're going to talk about Draymond Green. Uh, The Warriors did bring back Draymond, unsurprisingly, because I didn't see Draymond going anywhere else. What are you doing? Anyway, I don't see Draymond. I didn't see Draymond in any other uniform but a Golden State Warriors uniform. Now, the Warriors now have Chris Paul. And now I'm going off the dome. And the Suns have Bradley Beal. The Suns have made some moves as well with Eric Gordon. But here's the thing. I feel like all the moves that the Suns have made for Duff, I don't like all of them. Because when it comes to Duff, I feel like you need youth for Duff. Not old Eric Gordon whose numbers were different, as I alluded to earlier. And then Bradley Beal, does he play defense? Does he play any type of decent defense? Because that's what y'all really need. Especially in the wide open West. In the wild, wild West, y'all need a defense. I mean, Devin Booker's a pretty decent defender. KD's a pretty okay defender. But they're not known for defense. DeAndre Ayton is just toilet paper soft. And... I'm about done with him myself. The Suns, I I see the vision, but they still, I don't think it's going to work out. The Golden State Warriors, I just said that they needed to go big and they went smaller and more injury proner with Chris Paul. Now, Chris Paul is only giving you like 20, 30 games a year. Okay. But them 20, 30 games might be very close to the playoffs. Because otherwise, I don't understand it. I When I'm thinking about the, 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 the Golden State Warriors and what they need to do to be successful in today's NBA, they need to get a big. And now that you keep Draymond, go ahead and get a true big. One that could preferably shoot because y'all like to shoot so much. The Lakers, my Lakers, we didn't 
And I'm going to say this again for all the over-enthusiastic Laker fans. All you over-enthusiastic ones. We did kind of sort of win free agency because we've made some moves. We acquired some depth. We got a shooter or two. Gabe Vincent is pretty decent. I probably would have preferred Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder is more a little bit more consistent than Gabe Vincent is. But we give some and we lose some. My main focus was keeping Rui and keeping Reeves. So... I'm glad that my Lakers kept the roster together. I'm glad we managed to pick up a few decent, solid pieces for what we got going on. We did draft well. So I'm waiting for training camp before I start my Laker hype train. All these pieces got to fit. Everything got to work together. And with the Lakers, Anthony Davis is going to be the driving force of this team very soon. Hopefully he can be more consistent. But like I like Anthony Davis has never been offensively consistent. He's been able to disrupt people defensively and then the K and get you a bucket or two. And we when he can do that, and he can play loose and motivated, Jesus Christ, he's one of the best players in the league. But we'll get into more Laker talk next week. I will spare y'all the Laker talk this week. This week. But I am optimistic about the direction that we're holding, that we're going in. I am very optimistic. But as far as saying that we're going to win the championship and doing all the stuff that Dallas Cowboys do in April and March... Talking about next year, and we're going to get them next year, and next year we're going to the Super Bowl. We're acting like Cowboys fans, and I don't like it. I understand why people don't like Lakers fans. I understand. Because some of y'all say some outlandish stuff. But pipe down. We're in July. We got August and September till training camp. Two months. Two months. Give us two months. And then you can start the Laker hype train right on back up. Next, we're going to go into the WNBA as we do some catch-up. We got to play catch-up in the WNBA. We got some all-stars. Vegas is playing real nice. I'm kind of concerned about the Storm and the Mercury and more. So, let's get into it. You know, when I watch the Indiana Fever play, and I understand that their shooters need the ball in the hand, in the hand, in their hands, excuse me. But when I watch the Fever play, it's not a stretch to say that Leah Boston is going to also need the ball in her hands more. There's been too many times that I've seen her do her thing on the low end of paint to little to no avail because she doesn't get the ball. What's the issue is what's the really, really big alarming issue about that is it's like the team looks better and plays better when Aaliyah gets her touches. They look best when they run the offense through her. Like, let her run it and they kick it out to the two shooters. 
like Nalissa Smith, Kelsey Milton, etc. I know that they need the ball. But with her getting the ball and she could drive to the paint, she can shoot and she can get rebounds, why not run it through her so she has the option to either picking apart the defense or kicking the ball out? I feel like that's the best, that's the key to success for her. She is a rebounding machine. She's a facilitator as well. I've seen that in I've seen that in um South Carolina. She's a bee, she's a dog. But they're keeping her leashed up, not not giving her touches, not letting her run the floor. If she gets her touches, I believe you. I I promise you. If you run just try like if they run it a little bit, just a little bit. Run off and just a little bit through her. Cause they've won more games like that. Cause they haven't they haven't won a game since June twenty second. Aaliyah Boston is an all star starter for a reason. She's an all star starter for a reason. Cause she rebounds. She can score second paint, second, second chance points in the paint. She's a def- she can she can play defense. I'm just saying, from what I the highlights I've saw of the fever, they need to stretch the floor with her a little bit more. If they start stretching the floor and get her in the rhythm, I believe with the shooters that they do have around her, they could get a little something going on. Next, we're going to talk about the Atlanta Dream. Ryan Howard took over for the Dream in their drubbing of the Sparks. We'll talk about the Sparks in just a second. They also... One thing about Atlanta when I watch them play is I'm very aware of their ball movement. They have very good ball movement around the perimeter. I love what they have going on as far as talent-wise and scheme-wise. And when it works, it really does work. And they've been rattling off some some quality wins when they can get going. And they've gotten better at rebounding and they've been limiting turnovers. So good job to the Atlanta Dream and Ryan Howard for that 43-point performance against the Sparks. Now, Minnesota, if you remember me earlier in the season saying that Minnesota has a long way to go because they were playing horribly, they didn't look together. They They didn't look like a professional basketball team. They looked horrible. But they're playing a lot better compared to the beginning of the season. They look more together. As a team, they have better shooting. We got better rebounding as of lately. Nafiji Collier is starting to get rolling. Diamond Miller has gotten rolling lately as well. They've been limiting their with They've also been limiting their turnovers, which has plagued them early on. Like, if you remember some of my earlier episodes I was talking about the WNBA, when I mentioned the Lynx, I'm like, why are they turning the ball over so much? I will watch highlights, and it will be stupid turnovers, like dumb turnovers. I'm glad to see that they have finally cleaned some of that up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And the Las Vegas Aces. Las Vegas Aces. I'm sorry. They're dominant. Y'all say blowouts are boring. But what I see is like how fundamentally sound they are. But with how fundamentally sound this team is and how balanced that they are is anything but boring. Because when, you, when your whole starting five all scores double digits and you have a double-double and a borderline double-double in the lineup, and the way they get into the rhythm is very fun to watch. 
it maybe it won't be fun to be on the other side of it. But with how Kel, with Kelsey Plum getting started, Aja Wilson is very. She's a good defender. She's a good shooter. She's a good facilitator. She's the reason you're you're seeing why she's a W, a WNBA MVP. You're seeing why. And then with Candace Parker coming, Candace Parker is a rebound machine. She don't need to score a lot to be effective. That lady gonna get her some rebounds. She gonna get her some boards. And when they all get into a rhythm, it's very fun to watch. And then the, then you got Chelsea Gray, which is the point guard, apparently. Well, not apparently. She is. You got Chelsea Gray who can get you twenty off the, who can get you twenty off rip any any given night. This team is scary, and they should definitely be favorites to win it all again this year. Now, to the Phoenix Mercury. There's something going on in Phoenix. Brittany Grinder is playing well. Everybody else, not so much. The month of June, they were consistently out-rebounded as a team, and they weren't scoring well, and they were turning the ball over like crazy. They were also often shorthanded, which is not a good thing. I know Skylar Diggins is on maternity leave. They're pro- they could probably use her right, right about now. Diana Taurasi has been a non-factor for most of the season. And I love DT. I love DT. But there's some trouble going on in Phoenix. They got to get that. I mean, they're 2-13. and 13. They've only won two games. Brittany Griner can't do it herself. And then we're going to go to the Seattle Storm when we're talking about people doing things themselves. Um, it apparently is the Jewel Lloyd show over there in Seattle from time to time. It's the Jewel Lloyd show over there in, T- in Seattle. And from time to time, it looked like it's all her. This team is also consistently getting out-rebounded. Especially in the paint. They have done better when it comes to sloppy playing turnovers, though. It's clear that this team is reeling and will need to rebuild. Because when I look at their roster and some of the stats and the highlights, I'm like, it's good. I understand we all love some Kia Nurse. She ain't good for nothing but shooting. Defense? Eh. And if it's not Jewel, nine times out of ten, it's Jewel Lloyd giving you 25, 30-something points a night. There's a, She's leading the league in scoring, but she also needs better help. She ain't got it right now. And the Sparks. When I Every time I watch the Los Angeles Sparks play, it's like they're very talented, right? But they can't stop anybody on defense, especially in the paint, and they're older. Like, some of those, I don't know what's going on in with the Sparks roster, but somebody messed that roster up, mismanaged that roster pretty badly from the people that they used to have on that roster. They're older. They're not... They're very talented. They are talented. They have won some games, but they've when they lose, they lose by like twenty something points because for whatever reason they can't stop a nosebleed. 
Their defense is not there. Rebounding, they need to be more physical when it comes to doing that. Scoring, when it's not there, is not there. It's, this team is barely staying afloat, if you ask me. But they're talented, though. But they're talented, though. I feel like they're going to need to redo that roster very soon when it comes to the Sparks. Just my opinion. And now we're going to briefly turn our attention to the NFL, where we have a lot going on. Off-season behavior is a concern. Clearly, once again, off-season behavior is a concern. Not surprised. Gambling. Just stop gambling. If you're a football player, stop gambling. Stop it. And we're going to break down the NFC South. So without further ado, without much more to say, continue to turn in. Tune in. I'm sorry. So, before I even go there, I just want this message to get out to anybody who listens. I need for NFL players to just stop ding-dang on gambling. You have enough money. Stop gambling, bro. Because I'm tired of it. Like, everybody keeps getting popped with these gambling things, and it's like they don't know. Well... Common sense should tell you, if you're in the NFL, you don't need to be gambling on NFL games. That's common sense. Just stop gambling in general. And none of this would happen. Lord. Colts released cornerback Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry for making football games at a, for making football Ball bets at a team facility. They were also suspended indefinitely for at least a year minimum. That was kind of redundant, but for a year minimum. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't like, I mean, I'm not even going to get there. I'm going to just sit there and rip. That is the stupidest thing you could ever do. Like, were you born last night? Why are you betting on NFL games and you play in the NFL? You, did you not think you weren't going to get caught? And then, oh, I'm sorry, I let everybody else down. It's the always, it's the, the cut and dry, the cookie cutter apology. Don't nobody want to hear that crap, man. You got caught for being stupid. Just stupid. And then you get Titans right tackle, my right tackle. I'm not very happy about this. Nicholas Petit Frere was suspended six games for betting on other sports at a team facility. And with him, he said he didn't know. And like, there's been a lot of I don't knows going around. Is it the verbiage in the in the rules and the policy worded funny? Are these 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 type of things need to be cut and dry if they're so serious? They need to be a hard yes and a hard no. 
Because if this many say they didn't know, something is up. Again, my thing on it is, now if you're in the NFL, comments just should tell you that betting on NFL games is not only risky, but it's foolish and it's moronic, it's idiotic, it's stupid. Y'all need to do better, period. Because you're finessing, you're hustling backwards. You're betting $1,000 or $50 and you're losing millions like the idiots that y'all are. Oh my Lord. I wish I had a million. I I really wish I had a piece of the money that y'all that y'all get, and that y'all are just tinkling it away, gambling and getting caught. It just ticks me off. It does. It 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 honestly just ticks me off because it's dumb. And don't nothing really work my nerve other than dumb stuff. Carrying on. Number two, we got Tyreek Hill. At what point do we need to be concerned for Mr. Hill's propensity for foolish violence? And why is off-season behavior starting to get worse? Like, the, he had the audacity to get that man $200 because he slapped him. Let's see. Let's keep our hands to ourselves, and we won't rack up dumb charges for minuscule reasons. Again, behavior. Y'all should know NBA in them, as NFL players, there's certain stuff that normal people can get away with that you can't. Like slapping somebody out of the blue. Unless it's excused. Unless the man hits you first. Now, if the man hits you first, I'm all for it. But there's, as a professional athlete there is a manner there are certain things that i can do and i might be able to get away with that you can't you know why because you're an athlete you represent somebody else you represent a whole nother organization you represent a whole nother league if i ran up and slapped somebody who knows it ain't gonna be all over the news it could be because if I'm gonna run up and slap you, you might you had to do something. But if I were to do something like that, it's not gonna be on the news. But it's on the news and it's all over Sports Center and stuff because of who you are and what you represent and what you do for a living. Lord. And we have a small deal update. The Patriots reached a new deal with Devontae Parkers. For three years, they still have interest in DeAndre Hopkins, and I really wish DeAndre Hopkins would hurry up. I want that man to hurry up. Hurry up. Make your decision. Lord. I already got to go into the season without my ding-dang on light right tackle because gambling. And now we got to shuffle for six games. And then my running one of my running backs was arrested for domestic violence. And I don't even want him on a team anymore. Him and her. They can both go out and that get from Nashville. Get away from each other. 
Because between the gambling issues, domestic violence, slapping strangers, and PEDs, Cam Robinson got the whole AFC South minus Houston got hit with suspensions the other day. Cam Robinson got hit with a suspension for PEDs. Hassan Hassan got arrested for domestic violence. And then a whole boatload of gambling issues. It's like, okay, bro. Y'all have a life that's so magnified under the scope of the general public. And I get it. We're all human. We all make mistakes. But this sense of recklessness that I'm getting is awful. Especially with repeat offenders such as Tyreek Hill. You know it's time to grow up. Like, real deal. Realize that you not only represent yourself, but you represent an organization, a league, and you have to realize that you do that in in public and in private. That comes with being a professional athlete. And due to the sheer scope of who you are, some people get it right away, but some people it takes a little bit of time, and some people, as in the case of maybe Vontaze Burfick, Antonio Brown, and others, they refuse to get it, or they just don't get it at all. And in many aspects of the true of this true off season, like we're in the dog days of summer, it's one of the most important times of your career, or the most most one of the most important times of the year. It's testing your discipline, how aware you are by simply being away from the game. It's also the most vulnerable time to get in trouble if you are not disciplined and aware. Once again, we're all human. We all make mistakes, but once it's a mistake or a lack of judgment, twice it's a choice. And eventually, if it goes unchecked, it'll be a habit. So, gentlemen, let's conduct ourselves accordingly, and especially during the off-season. Especially during off-season. Because come training camp, we don't have to worry about suspensions. If you just behaved in the first place. Lord. Now, we're going to talk about our way-too-early outlook for the NFC South. I was going to do the AFC East, but I don't feel like doing that right now. I just had everything ready for the NFC South already. But first, we're going to start with Tampa Bay. Now, the quarterback should be Baker Mayfield. However, there is a quarterback competition with Kyle Trask. That would make things interesting, but they need to hurry. They need to wrap this up quickly. As training camp gets closer, because you don't want to be splitting your number one reps in training camp. You don't want to be doing that. So hopefully that defense will improve from the atrocity that it was last season, especially that that defensive line that couldn't stop anything. Now, my thing, they still have Vita Vita Vea. I believe they kept Levante David. Is that that man's name? Yeah. Um, they still have some of their key pieces. They do. But with how the rest of the division has actually improved, I still think that they'll be fourth or last, however you want to play it, same difference in the division. The New Orleans Saints. With Derek Carr at quarterback, they should definitely be better. Their wide receiving core should improve with Michael Thomas. Chris Olav and others. Hopefully, Michael Thomas can stay healthy, even though at this point, I highly doubt it. They did lose some solid pieces like Shai Toto and Demario Davis and whatnot. Yeah. Was it Demario Davis? Yeah, I believe it was Demario Davis. But the core is still together. They still have Cam Jordan and whatnot. 
albeit aging, they can still get the job done. One thing I want to see with the Saints defense is that they not don't give up so many big plays, bro. Mm. Like, don't give up so many big plays. That being said, if things don't start to change in New Orleans, Dennis Allen's seat should be hotter than a red hot. They should get better, but I do question Derek Carr's consistency. I have nine years of memories of Derek Carr. He's inconsistent. The Atlanta Falcons. Clearly, Arthur Blank went to the bank. They got Grady Jarrett help with Calais Campbell. They also signed Jesse Bates III, which vastly improves that secondary. They also fully turned the reins over to Desmond Ritter. Guys, I understand we have questions about Desmond Ritter, but I've seen seen some of these games. Because I live in Georgia, the market is going to play a Falcons game. Um, He's pretty decent. He's pretty nice. He got some things to improve on. Hopefully, he did do some. I know he got some work in, but he's pretty good. I like him. He he might take the next the, the next step. But today, for whatever reason, I can't talk. But I see Drake Desmond Ritter taking the next step. Because I like what I saw for the most part last year. And then you combine that with Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, Tyler Algier. And a pretty solid offensive line. They have a decent offensive line. It's not too horrible from what it used to be. So yes, this offense is built with talent. And I expect improvement from this team as a whole. As a whole. But what they've done on defense, what they've done on offense... Hopefully, Desmond, I believe, I truly believe that Desmond Ritter can take the next step. I've seen quite a bit. They might be able to compete for the chance to win this division. Like I said, this division is wide open. Nobody knows who's going to win it. Atlanta could win it. And now we're going to talk about the Panthers. Another team that's bolstered its ranks they have Bryce Young now, who is NFL-ready stature aside. They've bolstered that defense that's already young and talented. They quietly and sneakily acquired Adam Thielen to give Bryce a verified weapon. They have a co- better coaching situation now than they than they had last year. I don't know what that man' was, name was. He didn't know what the heck he was doing. Frank Reich, for the most part, is competent when it comes to coaching when he has a quarterback. He set himself up for failure in Andy with the quarterback carousel. But this team has made the moves necessary to accommodate their new quarterback. They should improve. They messed around and won like five or six games last year. They could win about eight or nine games this year. I I have that. I have like I said, I can't talk today for whatever reason. Happy 4th of July. Next, we're going to talk about a little bit about the hot seat alert. Hot seat. Hot seats. Um, Here's a list of coaches that I think, and I've had some input on, about they should be on the um hot seat. Ron Rivera. Has he done anything worthwhile offensively? 
This team has had how many quarterbacks? He's shown borderline ineptitude, and now the organization has been now the organization has been a hot mess. I will give him that. And the conditions that he's been put to work in is less than ideal. But at least try to put something that's not a hot mess on the field. Carson Wentz, that was the person that was supposed to save the, the, the commanders. Carson Wentz, and he threw all y'all's chances in the trash. There's new owners, and his seat is red hot. And if he don't know it, his if he don't know that his seat is hot, eh, oblivious. Everybody knows his seat should be hot. And I have a take. He could go miss seat. He could go. I, I don't see him see. I don't see him surviving the season if they start losing. Like losing, losing. Out the gate. Brandon Staley. He's not that good of a coach. I mean, I don't want to say he's a flat out bad coach, but he's not that good. I don't know how many times we have to see stupid game time decisions, poor player management, to see that he doesn't know what the heck he's doing. Heck, 27 and nothing should have been enough. You are wasting talent and everybody's time. Why? Because it's like we've been holding out the conversation that we're having about Josh Allen off of Justin Herbert because of Brandon Staley. We haven't really been able to evaluate Justin Herbert because of Brandon Staley. Because he's not that good of a head coach. He needs to go. Dennis Allen. I don't know his plan. He's, I don't know his plans. He's kind of confusing. But if you have another turnover riddled season that was poorly managed and not very disciplined again, he will be gone as well. Mike McCarthy, this is his year to save his job. You got rid of the OC, brought in a new one, or retooling the team. Dak better stop fumbling and turning the ball over. People are saying that Dak hasn't been turnover prone his whole career. Lies. Lies. You know why it's a lie? Because the way he's turned over the ball has changed. It's not that he wasn't turning the ball over. He was fumbling a lot, and then last year he decided to stop fumbling and start throwing picks. That's the difference. Dak has got to play better. He's got to stop fumbling and turning the ball over. Play calling has got to be better. Clock management has got to improve in critical moments, i.e. playoff games. And he has, to, and he has more control, control in the playoffs. But is it enough? I believe that Mike McCarthy's job is literally riding the coast of Dak Prescott. Dak will be key to whether or not Mike McCarthy keeps his job with the Cowboys this year. If they don't turn it around and the only issue is Dak or play calling and the only issue is the offense, oh, yeah, that whole offensive side of the ball might flip. I mean... Who knows? Because Jerry Jones ain't getting no younger. He want to see a Super Bowl. That man is, what, 85,000 years old? He ain't getting no younger.
Y'all don't show no, the Cowboys don't show no real progress. Heads will start rolling for real. And I ain't the Cowboys. So. <laughs> And now, welcome back for another edition of Jory's Timeout Session. And today we discuss this week's WTF moment, Jesus Christ. I have a small soliloquy for you, and I got a surprise. It's, for, it's about the direction of the podcast and more. So, continue the tour. First off from Jory's timeout session is today, this week's, or one of this week's WTF moments. And I got two names, Jalen Green and Josh Christopher. Good Lord. Lord Jesus, I know I've done some questionable things as a youngin. Some of which I'm definitely not proud of. But good word. Why y'all record everything? But y'all didn't think to use a pillow for practice instead of each other? That's what got Josh Christopher traded. <laughs> That's exactly what got him traded. The Rockets saw them dang on videos. It's two of them. And y'all wanted Zion to go to Houston. Hmm. He might have had some real, some bigger issues in Houston had he went to Houston, if he would have went to Houston. But let kids be kids. But, and they're my age. That's the thing that really gets me. The more I think about it, I'm like, so I'm your age at that point. I don't know exactly what type of stuff I'm doing. And I, I, I realize that some of the, the boys in my class were doing some of the same suspect stuff. I mean, chalk it up to letting kids be kids, but at the same time, they both cut, I think they both paint their fingernails. They do both cut their, paint their fingernails black. And they look sweet. I mean, sorry, but And if the, the I really I don't really have a problem with it because if they're like if that's what they like to do that's what you like to do do what you like to do. But my rainbow radar is going off. Like heck. And y'all didn't think to use a pillow for practice instead of trying to use each other. Like Jesus Christ, that's not what homeboys are for. <laughs> That is not what your friends are for. But teenage boys do these type of things. I promise you, most of my classmates have done some type of suspect, suspicious behavior like that. Usually you only catch them once. You don't catch them twice. That's the big, that's, that's the bigger issue. Next. Now, it's a little bit of a dramatic piece. If I don't rather ado, but it's officially dead season and I'm having football withdrawals. 
horrible. Badly. And it's like, it's to the point, like, what do you do? You you go to watch highlights to satisfy the urge. That'll kill the itch, but not the urge and readiness. It's the dog days of summer. Full of boring baseball and grass ping pong, according to a friend of mine. Mine. Training camps start soon, and I, like so many others, will be counting down the days to camp, to preseason, and to regular season. I cannot wait till football season starts back up. Period. Now, so we've entered like the 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 sunset phase of season two of Jory Sports Stories. I've been kind of excited. You'll learn new details about next week or two weeks ago, two weeks from now. But we only have like an ep- like two or three episodes left in this season, and we have so much more planned for next season, which will be covering like NFL training camps. New live shows coming soon and more. Like, if you're not following us on YouTube, at Jory Sports Stories, that's something I really suggest you do. Um, I have so many things planned, so many collaborations planned. Also, if you're watching and you want a new outlet for sports information and things, go follow the Sports Empire Network on YouTube, Facebook, and on um, Twitter and whatnot. I'll... I'll be on there as well from time to time. But we have bigger things planned for season three of Jory Sports Stories. We'll be um, NFL training camps, division analysis, roster breakdowns and everything. We got some shows planned for you. I, I've got some big things planned. So, And I hope you guys just tune in. Just stay tuned in. It'll be exciting. It really will. Y'all know the deal. You know what time it is. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode of Jory Sports Stories. As always, I'm your host, Jory. And if you liked what you heard, feel free to share the podcast. Let's grow the audience. If you're on YouTube, click that like button, press the subscribe button, and click that bell button for more notifications for every upload. Tune in next week as we do some Laker talk, Titans talk, and more about season three of Jory Sports Stories and more on the NBA free agency cycle because there's more stuff to talk about. As always, I'm your host, Jory, and I thank you guys for listening today, and I'll see y'all next week.